0: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most, because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D. Today will be the last episode covering the mysterious death of Taylor Grewell in Dallas, Texas. If you haven't listened to episodes one through three, check them out and then meet me right back here. Let's get right to it. Heather was supposed to be on with me today, but when I sent her the script, she said it was so well-researched that she didn't feel like she had anything to add. And we never just want an amen man. Just, you know, kind of there for no reason. So she just let this little birdie fly all on her own again. And while that's a pretty amazing compliment, it's kind of lonely here without her. Good thing y'all are here to keep me company. If you've been following this case, then you know that on September 23rd, 2017, William Cody Marley drove Taylor Gruwell up to the fifth floor of the parking garage at approximately 11 p.m. At 11.06 p.m., Taylor's body makes impact with the ground on the driveway near the exit gate at the Icon at Ross Apartment Complex in Dallas. We know that a 911 call wasn't placed by Marley or the two individuals he was spotted with on surveillance video. But what do we know about William Cody Marley? Actually, we know quite a bit. William Cody Marley was born in October of 1990. He graduated from Geyer High School in 2009 and was signed to the Kansas State Wildcats as an inside linebacker. According to 24-7 Sports, Marley played for the Wildcats up until 2013. From all appearances, it seemed his future was bright. But somewhere along the lines, something changed and it seems like things took a turn toward the dark side. According to court records in June of 2015, Marley was arrested in Parker County, Texas for possession of a controlled substance. It was greater than 200, but less than 400 grams. In December of 2015, while awaiting trial for that first possession charge, he was arrested again in Parker County for possession of marijuana. He was sentenced to four years in prison, but of course didn't end up serving a straight four and was released early on parole. In August of 2017, Marley was arrested again for possessing brass knuckles, but it looks like that charge was dismissed somewhere in the spring of 2018. In March of 2018, Marley pled guilty to falsifying a drug test in Denton County, Texas. He was unsatisfactorily discharged from probation in March of 2019. It's unclear whether he was sentenced to any jail time. In April of 2018, Marley was arrested for assault. He pled no contest and was convicted on November 11, 2019 and sentenced to 90 days in jail, with credit for some time he spent in jail before playing out. Multiple ex-girlfriends of Marley have spoken, recounting instances of domestic violence, and that he could be very violent at times, and that they were, and are, very afraid of Marley, although reports were never filed, or if they were, they weren't followed through on. We know domestic violence is a huge issue worldwide. The CDC reports that 1 in 4 women and 1 in 10 men will become victims of domestic violence at some point in their lives. And it is so underreported. One of the most dangerous times for a victim is when they decide to leave. There has to be a plan in place. The hotline.org is a great resource to start developing a plan if you're stuck in an abusive relationship. It has also been reported by ex-girlfriends of Marley that he allegedly used anabolic steroids. He was a football player and a personal trainer, and he was very into his physique. And it has been alleged that he used steroids as a way to give himself a boost. Anabolic steroid abuse comes with many major side effects, especially when mixed with drugs and alcohol. Especially those so-called designer steroids, which according to the Mayo Clinic, are made specifically for athletes, have no approved medical use, haven't been tested or approved by the FDA, and are created illicitly to be undetectable by current drug tests. These designer steroids are usually what we're talking about when we talk about steroid abuse. The side effects are extensive. Men may develop prominent breasts, shrunken testicles, severe acne, increased risk of tendonitis, psychiatric disorders, such as depression, aggressive behaviors, rage, or violence. This also according to the Mayo Clinic. And that ain't even half of the side effects. The psychiatric disorders, aggressive behaviors, violence, and rage associated with steroid use is commonly referred to as roid rage. According to Recovery Village, this term first appeared in the 1980s, after several high-profile violent crimes were committed by people abusing anabolic steroids. In fact, according to Live Science, steroid abuse has been linked to manic episodes, depression, suicide, psychotic episodes, and that increased aggression, has occasionally triggered violent behavior, including murder. In 1993, San Francisco bodybuilder Gordon Kimbrough murdered Christy Ramsey, his girlfriend of four years. Kimbrough tackled Christy, wrapped an electrical cord from an iron around her neck three times, tied a knot, and then stabbed Christy with a kitchen knife. Kimbrough was convicted of first-degree murder and given the maximum sentence, 27 years to life according to an article in the San Francisco Gate. Gordon Kimbrough was known as a chemical machine or someone who used steroids and drugs to enhance his physique. He spent years adhering to strict diets and exercise routines, and at only five ten, he was an astounding 240 pounds. Kimbrough's friends and police reported to the New York Times that there was a history of domestic issues between Kimbrough and Christie, and they placed the blame directly at the uncontrollable outbursts of anger or roid rage caused by Kimbrough's steroid use. David L. Katz, lawyer and psychiatrist at Harvard University Medical School, has performed multiple studies and loads of research on steroid use. He reports that, according to his research, that even light use of steroids can increase aggressiveness. And I just want to be clear here, it is alleged that William Cody Marley was using steroids. Alleged. While researching this case, I came across social media accounts that appeared to belong to Marley. And just a quick glimpse into some of these social media accounts were alarming. While Marley has locked down his Instagram and Facebook accounts, he left his Pinterest wide open. I found a profile registered to the name Cody Marley with the username W Cody Marley. There are multiple photos or pens of Cody himself working out and showing his progress in his muscle building. And as intriguing as that is, what really caught my attention were his boards. Two specifically, one entitled White Pride and another Aryan. Charming, right? The White Pride board? It contains an image with the text White Devil. Highly filtered images of Marley himself where he appears to be modeling for Trollco Clothing Company which I'm sure they're super impressed that their images are associated with white pride. Images with the number 13, which according to ADL.org, is a numeric symbol for the Aryan Circle, the largest Texas-based racist prison gang. The number 1 stands for the first letter of the alphabet, A. Number 3 is for the third letter. Put it together and you've got AC, or Aryan Circle, aka white supremacists. AKA racist pieces of shit. I'm sure mommy and daddy are so very proud. There's also a whole nother board devoted to all things Aryan, including the Pillsbury Doughboy with a Hitler stash and Nazi symbols, which first off, why y'all gotta mess with the Doughboy? And what kind of life are you living where you even know there's a Nazi Pillsbury Doughboy floating around on the internet? There's also some really bizarre BDSM drawings. I mean, it's like he found some secret hellhole in the underbelly of Pinterest and just went batshit crazy, pinning the shit, making sure that racist flag was flying high and proud. There are multiple references to lean, also known as purple drink, Texas tea, among other things. If you're not familiar with lean, it's generally made with a prescription cough syrup containing the opioid codeine, and the antihistamine, promethazine. It's generally mixed with some kind of soda, hard candy, and occasionally alcohol. There are many variations, and there's even an over-the-counter mixture that can be made. One pin depicts a styrofoam cup with purple drink in it with some Xanax about to be tossed in, which I mean, I've never heard of adding Xanax to the mix, but sure, if you have a death wish. There are multiple pens depicting lean. Once again, where do you find this shit? According to Healthline, lean acts on your central nervous system and slows your brain activity. In high doses, it can cause very dangerous effects, such as hallucinations, seizures, loss of consciousness, among many other things. Adding alcohol to the mix makes it even more dangerous. There are cases of people who have overdosed and died from lean. There are a few high-profile deaths, including DJ Screw, Big Mo, Pimp C, and Fredo Santana. It's highly addictive, And if overdose doesn't get you, the long-term side effects will. It can cause a number, but the top three are brain lesions, permanent psychosis and epilepsy. Sign me right up, right? Take Big Mo for a second. He literally wrote songs about lean and then it ends up causing his death. And he's not the only one who has written odes to this freaking deadly concoction. I mean, I honestly do feel like I fell into the underbelly of Pinterest that I didn't even know existed while scrolling this account. Perhaps the most interesting, if you want to call it that, discovery that I made traipsing through the filth that is Marley's alleged Pinterest account are the multiple pinnings of this cracked-out woodpecker. Yeah, like Woody, only the cracked-out trailer park version. This woodpecker symbol is associated with members of racist prison gangs and their associates. According to ADL.org, the term peckerwood was originally used as a slang term for woodpecker, specifically in the African-American community way back in the 1800s. By the early 1900s, peckerwood was used as a racial slur against whites, basically meaning white trash. More recently, especially in Texas and California, peckerwood is associated with members of racist prison gangs, cliques, and their associates this term has escaped the prisons and entered the streets in the form of so-called peckerwood gangs which are white gangs that mix elements of street gang prison gang and racist skinhead gangs peckerwoods aren't exactly known for their sophistications and are associated with high levels of criminal activity especially with pushing drugs these human garbage bags use various woodpecker images in conjunction with other racist symbols it's also commonly tattooed on members claiming affiliation. Pecker woods in a particular prison or geographic range are often called the woodpile. Female peckerwoods are referred to as featherwoods. You really can make this shit up, folks. I mean, really. Unhealthy obsession with cracked out woodpeckers or an affiliation? You decide. And I think the thing we have to remember here is that he had to search Pinterest for these things, like quite literally type something in the search bar that brought that up. What the hell was he searching? How to be a douchebag 101? Moving on from that train wreck and into his written statement given to investigators through his attorney about the events of September 23rd, 2017. It begins with Marley's account of meeting Taylor. He describes that he became good friends with her when they met at that treatment facility. He describes picking Taylor up from the facility on on September 21st and taking her to her boyfriend's. He goes through the kind of back and forth that happened, which is true. Taylor went to her boyfriend's house, her friend's, and eventually was dropped off at a restaurant. Marley picks Taylor up from said restaurant and reports that they had a bite to eat and played pool. He claims Taylor asked him to take her back to her boyfriend's and that he asked if she minded if they stopped by to look at his friend's new car on the way. Taylor says she doesn't mind and they head that way. At some point, Marley's girlfriend calls and is upset when she learns Marley is with another woman. Marley and girlfriend argue. Girlfriend says she's going to bring Marley's dog to where he was. He tells his girlfriend that he is at the apartments looking at his friend's car girlfriend says she's coming there with the dog. Marley then reports getting his dog from girlfriend, arguing some more, and then she leaves. Marley states that he goes back in the parking garage and puts his dog in the car. Dog barks. So he drives his car up to the top of the parking garage so dog can get out and play with Taylor while he finishes visiting with his friend. After the visit, he reports returning to the top of the garage and states his dog was in the back seat and he couldn't find Taylor. So he says he put the dog on a leash and walked around the complex with the dog looking for Taylor. He called her name and then decided to go back up to his car and then reportedly states that he drove around the apartments and about two or three blocks looking for her. When he couldn't find her, he just leaves. And just for good measure, he throws in that Taylor was quote, a very special person to me and that they bonded at the facility. And she always told me how much she loved her two kids and that he's just devastated. Okay, hold up. Why the hell does an argument with your girlfriend turn into her bringing you your dog? I mean, to me, that's just completely freaking random. There's so much made about this dog. Where is the dog on the surveillance video? According to reports, it's a pit bull type dog. It's rather large, yet we don't ever see this dog. We see Marley and we see Taylor walking together and getting in his car at 11 p.m. No dog. No dog in the video. Marley then drives up to the fifth floor of the parking garage and Taylor goes over the edge. Six minutes later, kind of a short little time frame to be playing with a dog, walking down to the third floor to visit your friend and then coming back up. And she's just gone really. And if that had happened, it would be captured on surveillance. You walking down to your friend's apartment. I mean, your little self admitted drug deal was captured. Where's the video of you walking? You drove down moments after 1106, according to those police reports. Where in the hell did this story come from? Because it's definitely not what the evidence shows. The evidence shows you leave, go to your friend's apartment in your car, and return with those two Hispanic males to the fifth floor parking garage. And why in the fresh hell would he be bringing up his friend jumping off a parking garage to EMS and police on September 26 when he's found passed out in his car if he just left and didn't know what happened. Taylor's name wasn't released in the media at that time and her whole family was yet to be notified. How does he know? And where were those injuries documented by police on September 26th sustained? There's absolutely no mention of those in the statement, not a freaking word. Instead, he's rambling about Taylor. I mean, and this statement doesn't even make any sense to me because if I left my friend on a fifth floor parking garage and returned and she wasn't there, I'm running all around the edges, freaking the fuck out. Not like, oh, I looked and called her name, and she was just gone, so I left. Yeah, okay, buddy. Makes perfect sense. I'd also like to point out that these statements conflict other witness reports, but we are unable to get into that due to the ongoing investigation. It seems if William Cody Marley would be honest and speak to police, a lot of questions could be answered about what happened on September 23rd, 2017. How about it, Cody? I don't ever want to get so deep in the details that we forget about Taylor Grewell. Taylor's life was tragically cut short that night. Taylor was a mother, and now her babies are forced to grow up without her. She was her mother's princess, her daddy's girl, a beloved sister, and a friend. Her family has suffered with not only her loss, but the lack of justice concerning the individual party or parties. Her family deserves justice, and so does Taylor. Taylor fought. You've heard that before, but I think it's so important. Taylor Grewell kicked off round number one that night on the fifth floor parking garage, and this fight, well, it's far from over. Taylor's dad has fought for three years to get justice for his daughter, and his cries are being heard. This isn't over yet, not by a long shot. We will pick up where Taylor left off and continue to fight for her, and this is a fight We can't lose because justice freaking matters and we'll not only fight for Taylor, we'll fight because of Taylor. What in the hell is going on in Dallas anyway? It's been three years with little to no movement on Taylor's case. Mercedes Clement has been missing since October 11th, 2020, and DPD still has her listed as a want to locate, but she's missing under hella suspicious circumstances. Maricela Botello? has been missing since October 5th, 2020. She was finally classified as endangered. It wasn't before they lost track of their person of interest. And how about Prisma Reyes? Not technically a case with DPD, but missing under Dallas jurisdiction, all within a few miles radius of Taylor and Mercedes. What the hell is going on? This absolutely goes without saying, but I'll be following Taylor's case very closely and bring updates as they can be made publicly available. If you have any information about the events surrounding that night or information about the two Hispanic males seen in the surveillance video, please speak with an investigator at the Dallas Police Department at 214-671-3650. There are measures that can be taken to protect you. You can also contact Crime Stoppers and remain completely anonymous. Call Texas Crime Stoppers at one 800 252 tips. Or you can leave a tip on their website. Be sure to reference Dallas Police Department case number 218587-2017. You can find more information on Taylor's case on my Facebook page at least of these or my Instagram at least underscore of these. New episodes drop every Thursday so make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you'll never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. Until next time, be good to each other.